And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous. And use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Joe. How's it going? Okay, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Where are you? I'm in Toronto, at where I live. How's Toronto these days? It's good. It's starting to open up a little bit again. Yeah. It's still kind of, we're still pretty shut down here, I think, in, compared to most places in the States. But um, yeah, there's starting to be shows happening and people going out again. And so that's feeling good. What are you doing with your newfound freedom now that you've opened up a little bit up there? Yeah, just enjoying seeing people again, honestly. Yeah. Like, it feels like the community here is really coming back together after everyone just not seeing each other in a long time. So that's feeling really good, just hangs and chill shows and stuff like that. And uh, just trying to enjoy 
the city again, though I still enjoyed it when it was shut down, just like walking on the quiet streets and stuff, but it was yeah, not quite the same. Do you live in city center? I don't know Toronto very well, but um, I know Queen Street. There's an Italian restaurant I go to on Queen Street across from a place called Nomad. Taroni? Yes. Taroni's the best. Yeah. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. I do live close to Queen Street and like kind of the West End, which is kind of the center of cool stuff happening, I guess, and in fairly central. So have you been to um, any shows? Yeah. The shows that I've been to have been all outside. I sang a song at this fundraiser show for like a local newspaper that was kind of modeled after Live Aid, and they called it News Aid. And it was a bunch of I guess what we call can rock artists, this band called the Rio Statics, who's kind of like a legendary Toronto band, was backing people up. And it was the most people I'd been around in two years. I think there were, it wasn't a huge show, but there were like 400 people there or something. Feist was also playing. She sang a song and um, just kind of Toronto who's who a little bit. So I was at that. And then the other things that I've been to have just been sort of small outdoor shows some friends were getting evicted from their awesome arts loft space and they threw a kind of like funeral for their (laughs) space which was cool but also sad yeah bummer i went to uh, um my first show in two years i went and saw wilco last night here in seattle and um because i am privileged and have friends in that band i got to go in the side door and then i got tested and I waited for a negative result, and then I watched Glenn play drums for two hours straight. It was oh, so fun. That sounds amazing. It was great. But yeah, that was the first show I had been to, and on my way there, I had called my friend to ask him a question, and I kind of wasn't really thinking about it, and casually, I was like, I'm on my way to a show. And then it dawned on me that <laughs> I haven't said that in a long time. It's like a grandpa parking in downtown Seattle. Where's parking? <laughs> Well, that's a great first show back. Yeah, it was fun. This is how psyched I am about it. I got a piece of pizza after the show, and I was like, wow, this is like the before times. (laughs) And so did everyone who went to this show have to get tested at the door? I'm not quite sure. Everyone that works the show for both the band policy and the venue policy probably have to be vaxxed and tested, but I'm not sure about the audience. On our tour, everyone working at the show had to be vaxxed and tested before. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't really seen a show where everyone is tested. Right. Yeah. They they haven't really been doing it here. I'm just always curious how how things are working elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, it feels. I feel like it would be next to impossible to test the audience unless it was a hundred people. Yeah. But you know, a really big one. You'd have to be there all day. Yeah, yeah. People lining up. <laughs> but yeah, well, I'm glad that we're both going to shows and the rest of the world is too. We're trickling into hopefully being able to do things like that again. So you said um, you enjoyed walking around your city when it was all mm-hmm. shut down. What else did you get into? Any good habits? Any bad habits? Well, I picked up a skateboard again for the first time in 20 years and was just kind of cruising around 
and uh, enjoying exploring the shut down streets that way. It was kind of just like a cruiser board. And then I got, I just bought a skateboard and I've been hitting the skate park around the corner and getting my ass kicked by 12 year olds. But that's yeah. been a really fun thing to do because when I stopped skateboarding as a 13 year old or 12 year old or whatever, I, I thought it was the end. But it's been nice to go back to it in adulthood and be like, this is, you know, it doesn't have to be so weighted. I was always so concerned that I wasn't good when I was right. younger. And I'm like, I can be not good and still have fun. Did your tricks come back? The few that I had came back and I've been trying to like pick up some more, but uh, nothing yeah. too, too crazy. I landed a board slide yesterday oh. for the first time. And that was like, I was like, yeah. Congrats. <laughs> That's great. Thanks. I think I'm too scared to practice any tricks that I used to know. But when I get on a skateboard, I still I still have that feeling. I still feel like I can ride the thing. So did you skateboard a lot? I did. I probably stopped when I was like 25. I wasn't that good, but I did do it a lot. Well, that's good. That's skateboarding again. I started playing a sport called pickleball. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, that because there was a there is a raging pickleball game that was happening all through COVID uh, around the corner from where I live. And I would see those people out, rain, shine, snow, sleet, just oh my having the best time. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to find that court. Um, well, for one high in the minuses is an awesome record. It really is killer. And I want to talk about it, but first I read that you did a program at Banff center for the arts and creativity. Yep. And I've heard a lot about that and read about it. And I think some of my old rock and roll friends from Toronto maybe did some residencies there and, uh, it always sounded really cool to me. Can you tell me what it's all about? For sure. Yeah. The, the Banff Center is this amazing place, like nestled in the Rocky Mountains, just outside of, well, it's in Banff, but kind of up the mountain a little bit. I don't, I forget the exact roots, but it was somewhere around the sixties that it started as an art school and then grew from there. I think it started visual arts and then they started building theaters and it started having all sorts of different artistic disciplines inviting people to do residencies and having writers authors like margaret atwood and people like that come and spend a bunch of time and work on stuff there so it's kind of this legendary spot and i had been there as a small child because my mom is a writer and she was doing a workshop there and once i got into the music scene when i was older people who went through were always like oh i had the best time at the bam center doing this thing. And then when I think it was 2015, they were doing the indie rock program there, which no longer exists, but um, Kev Drew and Brendan Canning and Charles Spear and from Broken Social Scene were kind of like spearheading that program. And I went and just like had an amazing time, clicked with those guys. And just, we got to spend days in the studio in these like state-of-the-art studios with Steinway pianos and Sean Everett who's an amazing recording engineer was there for a day and I, it was just this playground. And then during breaks, I would hike up the mountain and have some sort of transcendent experience. It was really special. And I, after that little chapter there, I really wanted to go back. And so I went back in March, 2020 for this songwriter program that my friend Howard Billerman, who actually recorded Highs and Minuses, he was kind of running that. 
So that started in at the beginning of March and it was supposed to be three weeks and I was there mm -hmm. for two weeks and then they like sent us all home because oh, the world went into nice. shut down, but it was still a really nice two weeks. Yeah. And, and you know, Sean Everett was one of the people that now that I think about it, I made a record with him, I think two years ago. Oh, cool. Ish. And, uh, he was one that telling me about it. Yeah. He's from, um, Canmore, which is like really close to Banff. And I think he's sort of like grew up in the studios there oh, and became wow. this star of the studio. Yeah. <laughs> and he's a legend, a local legend, but now of course lives in LA. It's so fun to record with him. You never know what's going to happen. It, it's so wild. Just, I only spent maybe half a day with him, but he mm -hmm. set up, he put mics in garbage cans all throughout yeah. the room. And we did some piano tunes that ended up on my last record. And I remember just the things that he was telling me to do. I was like, you're breaking all the the rules that I think of. He's like, go like play drums in the vocal booth. It'll be really yeah. like tight and close. And yeah, it, it was really cool recording with him. That's cool that you got to make a record with him. Yeah. Yeah. I could, we could talk about what we got to do for hours. That's so <laughs> wild. But his clothing was just as important as all of his technique. Totally. And yeah. ideas. Wild fashion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have any shows booked? I do. Yeah. I have a little run in November. I have a Chicago show and then Brooklyn, Philly, DC, and then a bunch of Canadian stuff starting in the new year and probably more things to announce, but nothing, no like major tour booked, which is kind of fine by me right now but it's exciting after two years of not having stuff on the calendar to be like oh yeah. yeah i can look forward to that thing did you do a lot of touring to support your last record i did yeah like most of 2019 i was on the road and then had a bunch of stuff booked for yeah. 2020 so yeah it had been a really busy tour year or whatever up to that point and now that you were forced to be away from touring what's your perspective on it I think I always had a complicated relationship with touring because I am not a night person by nature. I picked the wrong profession <laughs> for for someone who like doesn't like being up late. Yeah. But I, f I feel way more rested. That's just been interesting to think about things a little more holistically, like sleep and nutrition and stuff like that. And yeah. But that being said, I do miss playing shows. I and I feel like also through playing shows, I got used to a basic level of socializing and I'm now like socially inept after not doing that. I think like <laughs> as someone who, I think I'm an introvert doing that, like every day having to just talk to people all the time made me more comfortable doing that. <laughs> and now I've lost it all. I'm pretty social. People may even say I'm hyper social, but I lost some of it too. I mean, even last night at that show, when I was talking to my friend Glenn and I was, it, t it takes a second Yeah. <laughs> to socialize. Well, until people can see you, I'd like to play a, a number off the new record. Um, I want to play partner in crime. How's that sound? That sounds great. Yeah. Cool. I spilled a glass of water The second that I met Apologized to the bartender And laughed You were so disarming 
sincerity I really could have died You really had me wrapped There was so much bad news Before I met you There was so much bad Never 
rad groove on that song. Thank you. I love it. I also, the that video and the video for Headline, I love both those videos. They're so fun. Did you do those recently? Yeah, I guess I did them both in July. And that was also really fun because the Headlines video, I got to see a bunch of people who I hadn't seen in a long time and kind of wander around the neighborhood. Yeah. And that was really fun. That spirit is definitely captured in that video it's it feels like you're getting out thanks yeah it was that one was super fun to do and then the partner in crime video my brother directed and he had the idea to make it an homage to bottle rocket and i kind of just went with his flow on it but i really appreciated his commitment to the idea like renting the vw van and getting the yellow jumpsuits and everything so that was really fun to make as well you got a lot of jumpsuits in the videos. Yeah, it was never like my intention to have two <laughs> jumpsuit videos in a row, but it, it just kind of happened. You know, one thing, this might sound weird, but I noticed it right off the bat, and it's so cool. Your strut, I don't know if you're acting or, or walking in a different way for dramatic effect, but you have like the coolest walk. <laughs> it's, it's like the walk I want. I've wanted all my life. I'm serious. And just like last week, I was walking, I have a, seven-year-old kid and I was like goofing around with different walks with him but then it kind of got in my head I was like oh yeah I've always wanted a cool walk (laughs) like yours it's funny yeah I I didn't think about it too much in the videos so maybe it's just a slightly embellished version of what I normally do it looks great keep doing it (laughs) um so where and when did you make this record and with who was it just you on all the instruments or did do you have a band So often I'll play a lot of the instruments myself when doing my own stuff because I find it easier to convey ideas that way. So I did that on the demos for this record, but because it was COVID and I was just missing playing music with people and I felt like these songs would be better served by like a band playing together, I called up my friend Liam who plays drums in a band called Soons in Montreal and he's just like an amazing drummer. And my friend Ali who plays under the name Adelaia, and she and I have known each other for a really long time. She She's a bass player and also a great songwriter and musician. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm answering this question a little bit backwards, but I went to do it in Montreal because I wanted to do it with Howard, who I'd been hanging out with in Banff, Howard Billerman, and at his studio, Hotel Tatango. And we kind of had to wait until it felt like studios were allowed to be open Mm -hmm. and so we caught this little window where we were able to all be together in a room and then restrictions kind of clamped down right after that so it was this perfect little sweet spot and my partner and I went and spent a couple months in Montreal which was a really nice break from being in the same place for a long time and I, I lived in Montreal for years so it was cool to just check in with people there and hang there a little bit yeah You shared the demos with them and then they came in and you guys just started tracking. Yeah, we did all the beds in in a few days and just did two days of overdub. So it all happened, like the sessions happened really quickly, Mm -hmm. which was fun and it felt efficient and immediate. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Skateboarding by the lake. It's such a perfect opening track. Did you plan to have that be the opening track? Well, it's funny because I... I recorded a little voice memo of that song with the idea that it was just an idea and a mm-hmm. fragment and it wasn't finished. And then I went back and revisited it. I was like, well, maybe this is done. 
And in that moment, I was like, this, this would be a good first track. Yeah. And I sent everything around for feedback and some people didn't agree with me, but in the end I was like, this needs to be the, the opener. And I'm really yeah. happy with that choice. And I like that too, because it, you know, sometimes listeners can't tell how much thought people put into records. And I think a song like that as an, in a position like that on a record conveys that it's not just people put on a record. They're like, Oh, here's the beginning of the record. Yeah. It's kind of, I was trying to, without think, thinking too much, just convey the essence of the record in a short amount of time. Yeah. And it felt like that tune has a little bit of the mellow energy of some of the tunes, but also the band together. And it, yeah, it just felt right, I guess. Yeah. It's great. And also, my other favorite song on it is Drunk For You. That's the piano piece, right? That's really beautiful. Thank you. Is piano your primary instrument, or do you have a primary instrument? I guess, like, my primary instrument technically is drums, because that's what I have studied the most and kind of, like, mm -hmm. played the most as a side musician and did in university. And But piano was my first instrument. I took lessons when I was a little kid and then quit and started playing drums, yeah, I don't have a ton of chops on the piano, but I really like the space that it offers. And it feels really different than the guitar, which I also am not a trained guitarist by any means. I just kind of figured out how to do what I needed to do. But I, I've been really enjoying writing on the piano as a contrast to writing on guitar. But also I just find I have like different ideas when I sit down at the piano. Do you ever sit at the kit and hum songs? Yeah, I don't often start a song at the kit. Like sometimes I'll have an idea for a groove or a riff or something and then sit down and play through it. But I, yeah, I don't write songs on the drum kit per se. But yeah. I guess I'm always kind of thinking about time and rhythm and stuff like that. What do you play live? I, I see in the video that you were playing a bass. I don't know if that means you play bass. Um, yeah, usually guitar and keys. And the band is typically four-piece-ish? Yeah, I think we're going to do, because the record is is kind of a three-piece record, it's going to be, we'll tour a lot as a three-piece. Oh, cool. Sometimes four, but I, I really like that setup because it feels, it feels really stripped down, but also each instrument can take center stage at, at different times. And the, I, I like the communication that happens in a smaller ensemble like that. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing you. I hope you guys come out to Seattle sometime. Yeah, me too. Year or so. Um, and the record comes out on October 29th. Is that right? Yeah. And it's on polyvinyl, which I'm a polyvinyl member with my band, Mr. Heavenly. Oh, nice. But it's also awesome. on double, double whammy. Mm -hmm. Why the double double record <laughs> um that was kind of this cool thing that happened i didn't realize it but polyvinyl and double double whammy are already like partnered in a back-end way and they had been wanting to do kind of put their names on both their names on a record and felt like this would be a good fit for that so it's been really great because they're all awesome people at both labels and just really supportive and cool people to work with so that's, that's been two sets exciting. of people you can call up and yell at yeah <laughs> when your tour is going bad i'm just kidding well uh you got any music in your life that you can't stop listening to right now anything new or new to you 
Um, not new, but I've been revisiting Magnetic Fields' 69 Love Songs oh. lately. And it's just, there's just so much amazing stuff on that. I mean, the whole thing. Thank you for reminding me of that record. Just the songwriting and arrange everything, everything about oh, yeah. that record. Yeah, that's a great record, man. Well, I'm going to let you go here. And again, congrats on the record. It's it's great. I hope to Thanks. see you live. I hope to see this three-piece action in 2022. Besides touring and sharing these tunes with people, what else are you looking forward to? Yeah, I think just the return of stuff. More like people being able to get together and do things. I'm looking forward to just walking down the street and popping in on something unplanned and feeling that sort of heartbeat of living in the city again, which is starting to come back a little bit yeah. and doing some traveling, visiting old friends, things like that. Well, I hope to see you, see you guys play or on the on Queen Street in yeah, Toronto. At Toronto. At Toronto, we can have lunch <laughs> together. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. fun. And then we can maybe go shopping at the store. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot. And uh, if you travel, travel safe. And Thank um, you. congrats again. Thanks so much. All right. Take it easy. You too. Bye.
everybody's heard Different information It's slipping through a sieve The cats are all still 